Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the bonus hour, the education hour. And today we're going to teach everyone about bugs, Chuck. And we have the pros from Rove Pest Control in with us today, and we are going to get an education. The pro that know from Rove. Yep. Hey, Please. We could do a little rap. JB's going to take that and run with it. Now. <laughs> well, we have JB Hines and Rob Greer joining us for the next hour uh, here on the Inside Outside, guys. And if you've been bugged about bugs, we have the company for you for the next hour. Rove yeah. Pest Control, stick around for the next hour of the Inside Outside, guys, on AM 760 WJR. Not just Chuck and Ken, but we are sponsored for the next hour by Rove, R-O-V-E, Pest Control. So J.B. Hines, the Rove Pest Control Michigan guy, and Rob Greer, the COO in, uh, is he in Wisconsin? Is that where Minnesota. He Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> Rob, you with us? I am with you, yes. How are things, Rob? Are the bugs over in Minnesota the same as they are over here in Michigan? <laughs> a lot of them are pretty much the same. A lot of good relations there, probably like a lot of us people, but uh, we do see quite a few differences in the two markets. Interesting. Well, tell us about the Metro Detroit market, guys. Uh, the kind of work that Rove can do for businesses and uh, homeowners alike. Yeah, pretty much whatever is needed. We're focusing on the smaller side of the pest world. We don't like to get into large animals, but if we're talking about uh, anything from a small, nearly microscopic insect that's bugging to something the size of a mouse or a rat, that's our specialty. That's where we like to focus. I think this time of year, rodents are high on the focal point, just as things start to cool off, you know, school's coming and reminding us of the cooler temperatures at night. Um, they're going to be looking for a place to shack up. And this is also the time when we're going to be making preparations for things like stink bugs, Asian beetles, box elders that like to swarm in, all those fall invaders and making sure the homes are ready to keep those out and uh, trying to protect the people that are throwing deck parties and all that fun stuff from having to deal with wasps. Fall invaders. That's a, that's a good word for it. Cause we are about to get invaded by those stink bugs and those box elders and all those. Hey, if anyone has any questions, any questions when it comes to bugs, bugs around your home, bugs around the state, give us a call. 888-654-GUYS, which equals 888-654-4897. Um, JB, being the local guy here, can you talk to our listeners about what you guys call the uh, custom work and service plans? Our custom work and service plans. That's great. Um, so basically, you know, we, we have different programs out there that can just customize for those people that are always seeing, you know, just something during that summer months. Like they're just more focused on, oh, I got voles or I got moles. I don't have any other problems anywhere else. We have programs that we can just focus on that. We don't have to come out and spray your old house and do anything like that. We can just focus on those particular pests that are in their ground or eating their vegetation or whatever like that. So there are programs like that. It's called the Home Guardian. You know, our, our representatives on the phone can definitely explain that to them. And it's more of a focus on, on certain months that where these pests are just more relevant than, than during the winter months. So, Tell What about a situation where... 
I have Rove come in and deal with a problem, maybe mosquitoes, you know, for those deck parties or the wasps. But my neighbors have the same issues, and I am being affected by that. Can you guys do a broader spectrum treatment for a whole neighborhood or condominium association? I would love to do a whole spectrum for a condominium association. So um, that president should just give us a call, and I would love to come out and talk to you about it. Um, that would be great um, because we can't put a force field just around your property if right. we're, you know, if we're just dealing with your property. They're gonna, you're still gonna get those occasional ones that are gonna come into that area and take a nibble, you know. So if you can get your neighbors to join, <laughs> take a nibble. You know, we'll <laughs> we'll definitely, you know, make a deal. Let's let's you know do a little discount here and there if you can get your neighbors on either side of you, and eventually that would bleed all yeah. the way across, you exactly, know, and, and get everybody in your neighborhood protected by us. Well, my neighbors I would think, do that. I, you know, that makes sense. Go ahead, Rob. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. And I think you're going to run into a lot of different situations. And this is where some of that customization gets pretty fun is we'll go into one neighborhood and everybody's on board to hop on and we can create a custom plan based off of 20 out of 25 people in a cul-de-sac wanting to tackle the same pest. And then you go half a city away and you're running into the opposite where you have two out of 25 people who want to get something done. And so that's a whole different ball game to be able to achieve the same desired results for both of those and solving those puzzles and putting them together is really what I think makes this whole thing fun and enjoyable and being able to see people get what they need, regardless of what uh, their neighbors decide to do or not do. Fun and enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, let's go to the phones and talk to Kevin from Troy, who has a question about a lot of people are dealing with this year. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm good. How are you? Good. You've got uh, um, Rob and JB. Go ahead. Yeah, I got uh, three insects that I'm just uh, concerned about. One is uh, on the inside of the house. I don't see a lot of them, but centipedes, we you know, have a pretty dry house. We don't see a lot of them. And we're just wondering, it's like, is there a way to keep them out of your home other than keeping your house just dry? And um, that's that question. And then we have ants that burrow up through the cracks of our patio. We have a paper patio and then by our sidewalks. Um, and the last one is a willow tree. You know, the willow tree's healthy, It's but it's losing leaves. And I understand there's like lanternfly issues with uh, willow trees as well as some other type of small black beetles. Hey, Rob, let's... Centipede, ants, and beetles. Rob, let's start with the willow tree first. Um, what have you heard? I think you have your pulse on more around the country. Have you heard anything like that about from the willow trees? Yeah. Um, with the willow trees, I think getting a specific identification on the black beetles affecting it I could take some guesses, but, you know, if you're able to, if you're seeing some, um, some that you can take a picture of and email into us, you can send it to me at entomologist at rovepc.com. And I'd be happy to okay. uh, put together a plan based off of those. Um, as far as, you know, generally speaking with trees, we recommend that people deal with an arborist, somebody that really specializes in that because there is so much variance from one tree to the next. And even, you know, within the same species, when you're talking about 
a very new willow tree to an old one and some of the surrounding landscape around it can have an impact beyond just the insects. So um, there's a few things that we're yeah. going to deal with all the time, like, a, you know, Japanese beetle or an emerald ash borer um, specific, you know, maybe those black beetles, they might be something that we can directly attack without having to worry about any of the other stuff. But I can give you more information well, we, on the, that when well, we... Yeah, the willow tree we have is like 200 inches in diameter at the girth. I looked up a calculator. It's about a 186-year-old willow tree. So I'm hopeful that even if it's got bugs, it's probably going to do okay just because it's so massive, you know, and it is hardy, right? Um, I appreciate that. But with regard to, like, the um, ant issue that you see on sidewalks, I, I put out those bait traps that you stick next to the sidewalk and it seems like yep. it helped a little bit but we still see a lot of ants you know around so I, i'm more concerned about it like ruining our patio because if they come up through the uh the paver cracks you know through the uh the Kevin, border, if you can hold that thought burning. please we've got to take a break pay a couple bills but stick with us because those are great questions that everybody's wondering about Stay tuned for more with the Inside Outside Guys, sponsored by Rove Pest Control, only on 760 WJR. Good afternoon. Your list of the Inside Outside Guys bonus edition, the Education Hour featuring Rove Pest Control. In the studio with us, we have J.B. Hines. He's our local guy here. If you call, um, call for some, get somebody out. Chances are they're going to see you and Mm-hmm. On the national stage, we have Rob Greer, and we're taking any and all of your questions. We're talking to Kevin from Troy right now. Um, one of the questions he has here is about bees, and I tell you what, when it comes to bees, people are sensitive about bees. Go ahead. These are the whole, the ones that bore into your underside of your eaves. They're they make like a round hole. It almost looks like you drill carpenter in bees. Yeah, carpenter the wood. bees. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They, they drill a nice little quarter-inch hole. Perfect. That, yeah, you can't do better with your own drill bit You're than right. they can. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and using sprays on those things will is, is ineffective because they go in and they go left and right and drill out that area and lay their larva and all that stuff, and then they bring the food kit in there. So when those eggs hatch, they have something to eat, and then they come out that same hole, but they keep going back into that hole throughout that whole summer. And it's so. true, the further south you go in the country, the worse those are going to be. Because, I mean, I think in uh, the southern states, I just see so many more of them. Oh, I bet. I, I've Really, I lived in Michigan my whole life, so I don't know about that. But I, um, I, I, I've, seen, I've seen, like, gazebos just riddled with those things. And yeah. We just go in there with some insecticide to take care of it. Yeah. I've just got a few of them. So, like, if I wait until, you know, the first frost uh, to make sure that they're out, then seal them up. Yeah, put, put, a little, put a little wood putty in there, seal it up, and then repaint it. Um, usually they go but after that soft wood, long, that right? soft, untreated wood. Yeah. And if you don't treat that every year or at least put a stain on it or a clear seal or something, they, they have a tendency to come back. Sure. Not using the same hole, so though, what's the they'll best? go into the wood. Yeah, right. So with regard to ants on a patio, what's the best solution or near sidewalks? What's the way to get rid of those? Or can you? Usually... Yeah, usually those, the ones sound like you're describing with, um, they're probably really small. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, typically that's going to be a pavement ant and pavers, 
sidewalks, anything where there's going to form a little crack that they can go in and out of, but have that protection over the top to um, protect them from the environment and predators. Yeah, the pavement ant. There's a couple different ways. There's a few sprays that are out there. Um, Something with like a fipronil in it is going to be really good because it's going to be very slow acting and have a really high transfer rate. Um, As those pavement ants are passing, they're going to be going through a process called trophallaxis where they give a little sample of whatever they're gathering for food with the others. And that's when that product is going to bounce back and forth between them really well and, and get into the heart of that colony because you're never going to have more than about 10 to 20% of those ants even leaving at a time. So contact sprays aren't going to do very well. Um, the other option is baits. And this gets a little bit tricky because you've got two things to consider with baits. Um, one of them is the active ingredient. Is this meant to kill the ants that are picking up the bait? Or is this something that they're going to take back and feed to the larva, which produce the food for the queen, which then will kill the queen and kind of kill the colony from the inside out? So obviously the latter is going to be more effective with those pavement ants, especially because, especially with multiple colonies and multiple queens per colony, it's, it's going to take a really calibrated approach to make any long-term progress and not just amplify the issue as they bud and more of those keep coming out. Um, the second issue to consider is just how much they're going to accept that bait. So sometimes they're going to be seeking, you know, sugars and carbohydrates. Other times they're going to be a little more focused on fats and oils. And then if they're in a real big build mode, they might be, Um, relying on protein so sometimes those you know you go to a hardware store sometimes it's going to be hard to get a calibrated bait that's going to match what they're feeding on Um, a good test on it is just you know if you have one you like put it out there see if they go to it quickly if they don't or just a few are you're probably not going to make a lot of progress with it you need to switch up to a different one well i appreciate that call rolf Or just give me a call, and I'll come yeah. out and tell you what we can do for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And then um, centipedes. So, you had mentioned yeah. centipedes. centipedes. I got a question on these. Are these with the really long, gangly legs, or are they the shorter legs um, that are more just like half the width of their it's, body? It, well, we don't see a lot of them. They're, they're the typical house centipedes that have the longer legs. The longer you legs. Know, okay. They're maybe... Inch, inch or two inches long, but boy, when you see them, they're creepier than you know. <laughs> they are. They are. Yeah, you just see them. In the base- just typically long. see it in the basement, you know. Yep. In the basement, so. Yeah, they're going to be around. I think you mentioned it earlier that they are a very moisture-related pest in most cases. So, keeping things fairly dry is going to help because they feed on smaller insects that are really moisture related. So um, the drier you can keep it, the better. The other thing too is sometimes they're just roaming and wandering. So uh, if, if things aren't overly moist in that area and you're still seeing them, especially like you're describing where they're popping up more sporadically as kind of an occasional emitter, then they might be originating from somewhere else, like some, uh, leaf clutter or something around the outside of the home and they're squeezing in through some places in the foundation. And so uh-huh. it might take a little bit wider search to find that source that needs addressed. Kevin, we, Kevin oh. we appreciate your call, sir. Thank you very much. 
Now, we're talking about those kind of critters, the, um, the centipedes and the earwigs that hang out in moist areas. We all know if you have a moist basement, it's not healthy. Are those bugs themselves, are they unhealthy for people? Can they bite people? Can they harm people at all? Centipede, no, they're not. I mean, there are some pretty fantastic ones when you get into some rainforest and exotic places, but the stuff that we're finding around Detroit and surrounding metros, no, the only way they're going to harm people is if people are going and, you know, eating them, which I wouldn't recommend. Um, but That's what country you live they in. Don't have, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they don't have a desire to go after people. They're eating really, really tiny insects. I, I don't even think you could get one to bite you if you were to hold on to it and, you know, but really bite JB it. would know because he plays with the insects. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah, he I does. Guess. But if they're in your basement and they're feeding on other insects, that's a sign that you have bigger problems. <clears throat> well, it's a sign that you yeah, got Yeah, at least other things to address. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. What about, what about health issues? What are some <clears throat> of the health threats with some of these critters that roam around our houses? Do we have to worry? I would, I would think with like mice and rats, um, yeah. you know, they carry fleas, they carry dander, they could, uh, roaches are another one that is bad for asthma. Um, there's other ones that people are allergic to bee stings and, you know, antiphylactic shocks and stuff like that. If you get stung and then you got the EpiPens and yeah, that's. Yeah. But in today's world, you can't even get mad at a wasp or everyone will get mad no. at you. You're, oh yeah. You're attacking bees. <laughs> you can't attack bees. No, you can't. Well, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a different type, you know, you got the nice little fuzzy ones that are honey bees that we don't want to harm and we'll call somebody else to come out and let them take care of that honeybee for us. Um, I haven't ran into it yet this year, but I have a couple numbers on hand. You know, there's a there's a great place here in Detroit that does them. But then you got just the mean ones, the yeah, wasp the, and the horns. They're yeah, just the, mean for the no little reason. yellow stingy ones. And yeah, the exactly. Big black and white ones. Yes, those. <laughs> we are should mean. talk more about those when we come back because oh those this is the time of year for them to be a bad issue, right? That's yes. right. Stick around with for more with Rove Pest Control right here on AM seven sixty WJR. Ken and Chuck and Rob Greer on, you know, out in Minnesota and J.B. Hines, our local Rove Pest Control Michigan guy. Thanks for being with us, gentlemen. We appreciate it. Thank you. Ken was talking about those scary wasps. Hey, you know what? I've been stung twice in the last year, and I, I, I did nothing wrong. I was just sitting there Your both Your personality times. does that. Well, actually, one time I'm sitting in a deer blind, just relaxing, and I look down, and, and it's a warmer day, and he decides just to sting my, my pinky finger, and boy, did that thing swell up. That <laughs> sucker hurt for days. I, I tell my guys, if you don't get stung at least once in the season, you're not doing your job right. So. <laughs> That's not my job, yeah. bud. I, I understand that. But... <laughs> Have wasps been an issue? Um, we, we In this area, for some reason, in our region, um, in the metropolitan metropolitan region here we always have wasp nests i don't know what it is but it's definitely something that we deal with in the summer like right around now august areas when we get that humidity and the those things can grow from a golf ball to a basketball within, within a week yeah really those nests it, yeah. seriously a couple weeks yeah those things grow rapidly and it's it's amazing no how, murder hornets yet right no, no murder hornets. Um, you think they are, though, when they sting you, like uh, bald-faced hornets, the black and white ones. Those are very territorial. Will um, they sting pets, too? I, I don't know, Rob. Will they yep. sting pets? Yeah, they will. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of a thing where they don't care who's invading their territory, and if they see, you know, a lot of times it comes down to pet food. So 
you look at a dish with dog food and it has a really high protein content in it, and that's going to be extremely attractive to wasps, especially later in the uh, you know late summer and early fall when they've got a lot of brood that they're trying to take care of. So they'll go after that and want to gather it. And if the dog comes to eat, they see that as their food that they've claimed. And so they'll go into defense mode and they know to, especially in the facial area attack where there's not as much fur protecting them. And so, yeah, that can happen, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I got stung three times two weeks ago and during that really bad storm we had come through here on that Wednesday. And I was out in the yeah, middle of... Yeah, weather will stir yeah. them up and really? get them really excited. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought the nest was dead because we, we, we dusted it the day before. And we usually, when they're really active, we'll dust it and we'll tell the homeowner, you know, hey, we'll be back the next day just to let that dust that's in there kill the ones that are out foraging around and coming back. And it stirs up that dust and kills them off. You know, that's a great question because we always tell people when you go after those kind of things, do it at night. You guys don't work nights, so you obviously you're not going to go to people's house right. at night. Yeah, so I, I was actually there at like 6.30 in the evening um, during that rainstorm okay. and out in the middle of the rain. And I saw the nest that one of my guys dusted. I went over there and I was like, yeah, it looks dead. I don't see any activity. Got my pole, whacked it down, and then got one in the nose, two in the arm, and I swelled up. I looked like Rocky when I got home. Oh my yeah. goodness! As the wife, as the wife asked me, "Who beat you up?" I'm Your like, wife oh. wants you to do that every weekend, right? Exactly. <laughs> is there hazard pay? Yeah, yeah. Rob, is there hazard pay? <laughs> yeah, so, bonus a coke for you to attract more wasps. <laughs> you know that's frightening for people with pets and young children. How about all these kids going back to school? Is there any impact on the spread of insects or bed bugs or any of that kind of thing that we have to be concerned about with kids going back to school? Um. I think the biggest concern with going back to school, especially if you're talking about grade school, is going to be lice. Um, I think that's the easiest one to transfer from one to the other. Most things like bed bugs, I mean, they are good hitchhikers. And we do see I mean, one of our best months as far as a number of new jobs for bed bugs is in September and October. And while we can't, I, don't, I haven't seen any real good studies correlating that directly to school attendance. I think it has to be um, correlated there because I don't see anything else like spring break vacations or holiday travel that are really contributing to it. So anytime you're getting new paths crossing, it opens up that possibility for sure. Now, now Rob, I never growing up heard anybody ever worry about bed bugs. Bed bugs did not start to become an issue probably uh, until the 2000s. And you know, I've told a story how they, they scared the heck out of me. Um, why are they so prevalent? And have they, have they gotten worse since they first came out around 2000, 2010, or have they, has it calmed down? There's a couple of different factors going into play, and one of them is just people being more aware of it. So for a long time, there were major issues with bed bugs and people just didn't realize what they were dealing with. Um, another piece that has really come into play since the late 90s, early 2000s is various strains of bed bugs popping up that are extremely resistant to just about any chemical, any pesticide. And so those are obviously going to reproduce a lot quicker spread a lot faster. So you take some of those elements combined with, I think travel just got a lot more 
accessible for people. Um, so yeah, that made it easier for the bed bugs to transfer to places where they weren't doing so well. And yeah, we've seen a lot of spikes in different places and then it'll kind of even out and then it'll spike again. So I feel like it's holding relatively steady, but the problem is getting progressively worse with resistance because people's first reaction is just to go grab the first chemical that lists bed bugs on there, or maybe all 10 of them and use them all at once, but they don't know exactly how to do it. So they'll take care of a good chunk of the population, but then the remainders are super strong and then those spread. So the solution is getting more and more difficult for people. And when people start using these chemicals on uh, themselves and their eye starts twitching and their leg starts moving, they got to realize these are not chemicals that homeowners should You guys are trained to yeah. use these and, and a lot of those chemicals you buy over the counter, it, I always tell my customers I call us for that particular reason would be it's a Band-Aid for a gunshot wound. There you go. Like you're going to get maybe a week or two relief because they know there's something there or you killed the ones that are – out and about, but you're not killing the eggs. You're not killing the ones that are hiding behind the, the baseboards or inside your bed frames. And those are the ones that are sitting and waiting. And once that dust settles or... So how do, you, how do you kill them? We use heat. So we okay. come in and uh, we put heaters in your house and we heat it up. And then we do a chemical spray afterwards just to give that residual. So how about the idea that I live in an apartment, and there's 300 apartments in my complex. Will you guys educate my neighbors? I mean, I just paid you to come in and get get them out of my apartment, but well, my that, neighbors. That, that's almost like, you know, you got to make sure that you're talking to the the manager of your apartment building or your landlord and letting them know, like, hey, I've got this issue. I've got a company coming in. So they can talk to your neighbors above, below, either side. So they can just kind of... Not break the news to them, like, yeah, you know, Miss Frank has bed bugs, and now you're everyone's mad at you. You know, they can do it in a, a better way, so we can come in and at least do an inspection and make sure that they don't have them either. So. But but let's make it clear: bed bugs have nothing to do with your lifestyle. It has nothing not to do all. with how you how, how clean you keep yourself, how clean you keep your house. Nope. There are five star hotels out there that have bed bugs in them. Oh yeah, right. Hey, let's go to the phones. Uh, let's talk to Stanley in Battle Creek. Good morning, Stanley. You're on with the guys. Hey, we got a big signal. Don't be surprised. Oh, I was like, wow, Battle Creek. Are you there, Stanley? <laughs> yeah, Stanley. Stanley may may have dropped. Hello. Oh, Hello. there he is. Hello. Okay, we couldn't hear you all the way from Battle Creek. I was going to say it takes a while for that <laughs> signal to come over. <laughs> a little bit of a delay. What's your hey, question? Uh, I bought a house. I'm sorry, I bought a house about five or six years ago, and at the time, I had a big issue with uh, cockroaches. Are you there? Yeah, yep. we're here. Yep. Um, I thought I had the issue taken care of, and four or five months ago, they started showing up again. Since then, I've hired a, a nationally, known, nationally known exterminator, and they've set traps, several traps, and... Uh, not catching anything and they've sprayed and done a few other things am i going the right route uh or is there something i should be doing differently the cockroaches you're dealing with do they have right behind the head are there two parallel black stripes is that the kind you're dealing with i don't really i'm not sure <laughs> i don't think he's picking them up um, and playing I, with them rob <laughs> not like yeah. jb would <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess most people don't think of it the way I do. Um, I would say, you know, the next one, if you can get a picture of one to send to me, it makes a big difference what kind we're dealing with. Um, if you're talking about a woods okay. roach, they might be flying in attracted to the lights and coming off of woods around your home, whereas a German cockroach is going to be very interior-based and feeding off some kind of oil source. So treating those cockroaches would require very different approaches. One, you know, if we're dealing with a German cockroach, I think a piece that might be lacking from what I'm hearing is an insect growth regulator. Um mm-hmm. And if we're talking about the, you know, Pennsylvania wood roach, those traps probably aren't going to be doing a thing. And it sounds like they're probably in the wrong area. So um, really dialing in. Well, these, what, are, these are mainly mainly in the kitchen area, like they're around the sink and kitchen area. Um, I don't know if that. JB said yeah, German when you said that. Are you I, thinking? I'm thinking German. I could be wrong. but German or yeah. brown banded, either yeah, way. Brown banded. Felt like ants. I, I mean, different thought, ants, different different baits, different ways yep. to deal with them. Okay. Yeah, get a um, picture over place, to us, then we'll help you. Okay. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you very much. And yeah, let me no reiterate, Rob, you mentioned earlier, did I get this right? If, if people send you pictures or something at entomologist at rovepc.com, is that correct? That's correct, yeah. All, I do free identification and... If we need to get out there, we can do a little bit of a consultation, too, to help people get on the right path. Okay. Hey, listen, um, we have a, we have another segment to go. We'll take your phone calls, 888-654-4897. we get back from break, we're going to tell you how you can set up uh, a free consultation to have Rove Pest come out, Control come out and take a look. Also, um, if you're looking for employment, looking for a career, we're going to talk about that when we get back with more with Rove Pest control only on AM 760 WJR. Welcome back. We appreciate you being with us. Last segment already. JB Hines from Rove Pest Control Michigan and Rob Greer, the COO in Minnesota. And we have Herb in Deckerville that's got a question for us. Go ahead and ask the experts, Herb. Yeah, thank you. Uh, We've noticed little tiny ants in the kitchen and bathroom areas over the past couple of months and it's a three-year-old house on a crawl just wondering what procedures we would do to take care of them go ahead guys rob you still with us jb you're the man oh Uh-oh. man we lost Uh-oh. rob um so those little tiny ants that in your kitchen they're they're most ants are needing moisture to to survive they're always going to have to have some type of water source and food so the ones in your bathroom, of course, you know, that's your moisture, the humidity in your bathroom. So kick it on that ceiling fan um, or your exhaust fan to to rid that moisture while you're showering or opening a window at that same time will kind of help with that. Um, in the kitchen would be sanitation. Um, a lot of that is just sanitation, just cleaning, making sure there's no crumbs on the floor, making sure your sink is dry at night. Uh, that goes along with roaches. It's the same thing. Yeah, everything so, we've talked about today, right. right? Yeah, it's mostly just sanitation, a lot of it, um, to to rid those problems. And then, of course, if you're buying over-the-counter stuff, um, you know, you just got to make sure that we're just not chasing them to another part of the house. So uh, you could try different products and just put it down. Uh, Deckerville's a little too far out for me to come out, but um, 
if you had, a, like Rob said earlier, if you had a picture of that ant, um, there's different methods and different chemicals uh, that are geared towards different types of insects. So uh, proper identification of any kind of insect that's out there um, would help try to figure out exactly how to get rid of them. The other thing I'd add to that is just keep in mind that, you know, we think of our plumbing as having a very specific purpose, but that's fairly unknown to ants, roaches, spiders, whatever. When they see those lines, they see them as tree branches leading to food. So a lot of that activity can just be exploration and thinking they're, you know, looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So a little bit of exclusion, kind of tracing where those might be coming from, uh, that can be really helpful too. 313. Okay, Appreciate your call there, Mike. Sorry about that. 313-513-6783 or rovepestcontrol.com. Uh, stick with the phones and talk to Mike and Troy. Good morning, Mike. You're on with the guys and Rove Pest Control. Hi, how are you today? Um, I have what looks like bumblebees, fuzzy. Um, they're not as big as the big, huge ones, but they, well, actually, I'm looking at them right now. One of them is about that size, but they're going underneath. My driveway has pulled away from the garage about an inch, and they're crawling underneath it and obviously have a nest in there, and I'm wondering, A, if they're bumblebees, are they, you know, are they good bees, bad bees? They seem fairly aggressive, but not terribly. But that about a half a dozen or so. Yeah, that's a great question. Bumblebees are definitely one that can go either direction. So because they're big and fuzzy, mm. they're great pollinators, but that's only true if they're actually pollinating. The other thing that some bumblebees really like to do is take advantage of voids. And that can be where mm. they're nesting. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a couple different yeah, approaches. There's a void there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it sounds like it. <laughs> um, the one thing to warn you of just while I'm thinking of it is don't get too ambitious and just fill up that void because especially if there's a lot of them in there, they're going to find some other place to go. And we've had several situations where people have ended ended up pushing those into the home because they blocked off the exit before dealing with the issue there. Uh, most likely the mm -hmm. scenario you're describing is one where we're going to want to take care of that population and get rid of them because they are nesting where they're not wanted and they're in a place where they could cause problems. Um, generally speaking, we like to work with people to try and set up a good situation where the pollinators can be over in some natural flora and things where they can be pollinating and helping the environment, but away from, you know, the structure and places where it'll cause problems for the structure or people. So, mm -hmm. you know, working to get those out of there one way or another would be key. And then filling that in with some kind of expanding foam and blocking it off so that the bumblebees or mm -hmm. some other void loving pest can't go and take advantage of that. Hey, uh, Mike, sure. we, we appreciate your call, sir, very much. Uh, All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Real quick, let's talk about um, not a job, but a career. Can you guys speak to that real quick? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, pest control probably isn't something that people are talking about with their first and second graders as a, as a dream job. But 
one of the things that a lot of current people in the workforce are realizing is they want fulfillment and they want to be making a difference in, in people's lives and contributing to something bigger. And that is one of the beauties of the pest control industry is there are a lot of directions that people can go when you're talking about public health and helping people with the health effects from mosquitoes, ticks, uh, mice, and protecting them from there, especially in you know schools, residences, hospitals, that type of stuff that can be very fulfilling. And there's so many places you can go. Some people like to be at a desk, at a computer, you know, dealing with identification, talking to people, helping resolve those concerns as they come in. And other people want to be out in the field with a lot of variance in their day and being able to be physically active and moving around and having a different scenario they're in from one hour to the next. And, and those people can do great in the field. Other people really enjoy just studying and coming up with experiments and there's a lot of room for those in the entomology side of the equation and working with um, different interactions between treatment processes and maintaining environments and then you know even if you just went to school and studied business or psychology and you want to know how you can use that you can use that to influence large organizations people within the scope of what they're trying to do in their home or their business, or even just helping manage um, different team members within the organization. So a lot of different routes people can take within the pest control industry. And it's, it's a fast growing and very steady industry. It's been steady in all the different downturns we've experienced over the last couple of decades. So a very safe place to explore. Those critters are never going to go away. You just need help sometimes from rove pest control. Yeah, I was right, going to say David? that. This is one of those those industries that will never go away because no one ever likes to have ants or or mice. Spiders. Or spiders. Big spider year? Any, a big spider year right now. Yeah, definitely spiders and bees right now is what mostly what we're fighting. So um, that's the common ones that we're seeing right now in August. So. How about your blogs? You guys address a lot of things on your blogs. Yeah, Rob does a really good job with his blogs, so I enjoy watching them myself. So, good job, Rob. Good job. Rob. Thanks. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> fun to write. Every time I get questions coming across my desk, it really helps because I tend to see the world a little bit differently um, in the world of pests because I deal with them so often, and so seeing what questions arise with the general public gives me an opportunity to see what questions are out there. And then I can just write about those, whether they come from my kids or somebody, you know, halfway across the nation, it's something fun to explore and address. Yeah. Great for student projects. How do people access your blogs? Uh, If they go to our website, we have a link right on the homepage that says blog and that'll take you to, it'll, bring a page of the most recent ones that we've dealt with, but then we also have it categorically listed on the side and they can also use the search tool in there to find something if there is a piece they want to particularly study and learn about. So if you want to get rid of pests, you want to get involved with pests, you want to make it your career, 313-513-6783 or rovepestcontrol.com. And if you're driving down the road, you can't write it down, just go to the insideoutsideguys.com. You'll find all the information there. Rob Greer, J.B. Hines, thank you so much for all your knowledge today to our listeners. Thank you. Very much appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow morning bright and early. You know it.
Go to InsideOutsideGuys.com, the Inside Outside Guys on Facebook, because when roof to the basement, the street to the back fence, if you need it, the Inside Outside Guys are here for you today and every day.